With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Nebraska Public Media Sports brings you Nebraska Baseball. Catch our live coverage as the Huskers meet the Indiana Hoosiers on the Diamond at Hawks Field at Haymarket Park in Lincoln. Watch Friday, May 10th at 6 p.m. Central on Nebraska Public Media. Kicking off hour number two here on Herd At Sports Radio. I'm Robbie Lula with Andrew Rogers. Hey, that's me. That is you. We are brought to you by our friends at Rockbrook Camera. Rockbrook Camera has you covered no matter what kind of photographer you are, just a casual one or a professional one. They can help you become the best version of that uh, with their latest technology, including things like mirrorless cameras. They can also give you unlimited support after the sale with monthly classes to help you learn about your new equipment. You can trade in your old gear to help you upgrade, or you can check out their extensive rental department. Make sure you go to rockbrookcamera.com or check them out in Omaha, 168th and West Center, or in Lincoln, 70th and Pioneer. That's Rockbrook Camera. Joining us now is our friend, former Husker Michael Rose Ivy. Michael, how are you doing this morning? Doing good. Doing good. Still playing football, so... That's, uh, that's always a good thing around this time of the year. I was going to say in November, that's all you can ask for, right, is playing football that matters? Exactly. And that's where Nebraska's found themselves for the first time in quite a long time with uh, winning five of their last six, their first three-game winning streak since 2016. What have you seen just in the last month and a half from Nebraska that has impressed you the most, uh, specifically in regards to how the coaching staff has handled this season? I think what started, obviously, you know, um, the kind of rough start, you know, a little slower start than probably we all would have liked. Um, I think the response from the team, from the coaches, from the program, uh, sticking with the, the main message has been, you know, real messages. You know, the process, and like we saw, I heard that sound like this played, he said this week, you know, we coached it better. And I think that's something he really lives by, he really believes in. That's really a big part of their philosophy, and I think, Everyone is stuck to that type of uh, mentality. So when you get people aligned and doing everything together, um, you know, it makes it makes going through adverse and getting through adverse situations a lot easier. Um, there's still challenges that they still got to, you know, still have to fix and still have, um, you know, a part of their team identity. I'm sure that he wants to get rid of, but they're on the right path. And I think uh, the schedule leads them to be able to finish, finish out strong. And, um, you know, that, again, that starts with, you know, this week in, in, in beating uh, Michigan State. MRI bowl game eligibility on the line for the first time in a long time. As a former player, are you thinking about that at all going into this matchup if you are a player on this team? Yeah, for sure. I think, um, I know pre, pre-NIL, I know I'm sure I was. You know, I don't know the NIL, their pocket may be a little bit thicker. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know that that bowl stipend was a little bit different than uh, what we were getting uh, month to month, so... Uh, we definitely, it was definitely, <laughs> uh, you know, get a, get a nice little trip. You know, it's that that wind tunnel on, uh, what is that, West West Stadium? Man, that you want to get away from there as, as much as you can. So, you know, getting out of there and going, to, going somewhere, hopefully on the coast and, and close to a beach or somewhere would definitely be nice. But, yeah, that's definitely something we thought about. That was something we wanted to do. 
uh, it takes me back to the year, you know, with uh, Riley when we were, I think, five and seven going into, uh, you know, possibly getting a bowl and went out to UCLA. And that was that was one of the best trips. I think that trip propelled kind of uh, and the, the prep and during that bowl prep kind of propelled us to, you know, start off at seven and over the year after um, by just getting that trip. So there's a lot of momentum you can get out of. You know, those extra practices are always needed. Um, you know, if you got some freshmen that haven't played and you can use those four games, um, and still having Brad Church is an opportunity to get those guys involved on special teams and things like that. So I know it's something that Coach Rule definitely wants in more than one way. MRI, I know you – I mean, you just mentioned uh, how that going from a bowl game a year prior can carry over with a ton of momentum to go 7-0 and the next season. The 2024 schedule was just released yesterday for Nebraska, and if you really look at the top half, 7-0 and seems highly likely. And then, you know, you could be 7-0 and playing your – best football against the toughest opponents who are backloaded on that schedule. So I'm curious, with with all that experience, do you think uh, what happened to you guys when you played could also be the case if Nebraska keeps winning like they are this year? And and do you like the idea of having your toughest opponents backloaded on a schedule like it is next year? For sure. I mean, I think there's advantages to it. Um, You know, the season has has ups and downs, you know, obviously throughout each week you're not going to look at the opponent and say, you know, guarantee a win here and there. But like you said, it does look favorable. I think as many reps as they can get, um, there's going to be quite a few guys, especially that's playing right now, that's going to be coming back next year and going to be contributing to the team. Um, so I believe, I mean, that's that's definitely something that is doable. It's definitely something I think that's uh, within reach. You know, obviously that's a that's a thought I tweeted out. You know, those last five weeks are going to be tough, but – um, you know, I think a year into Coach Rule's program and, um, you know, the second off season and all those things, I, I think there'll be a lot of improvement. Obviously, you've got to win on the recruiting trail, things like that. But, um, you know, the development's going to be there. So, I, I think it'll be intriguing to see. And I think it's, like I said, something they definitely can do. Michael, I'm curious. You know, you mentioned that you're, you were aware of, like, hey, like this gets us to bowl eligibility or, hey, this game matters for a different reason. As a, as a coach now, how do you kind of balance making sure the guys don't get too overly emotional or overly hyped up for a certain game or put too much pressure on themselves, yet still acknowledging, like, hey, maybe this isn't just another game? How do you strike that balance? I think that balance is, you know, that for that first strike is really in the offseason and kind of you look at Coach Rue, like I talked about earlier, you know, that process mentality. You know, that, you know, Nick Saban talks a lot about that, you know what I mean? And then, you know, a lot of coaches, you know, great coaches kind of have that same philosophy of process mentality. One game at a time, one moment at a time, living the moment, all those things you've heard Coach Rule say. Um, and, and I think when, when you have that mentality, you know, that's something that's always a part of your program, everything you do. Um, you talk about that at, at, at the food line, right? You talk about that, being process-oriented, playing ping pong in the in the game room, right? It's kind of always something that's kind of mentioned, even in a joking way with the players. Um, so I think that, 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 that up and down motion is kind of taken care of with that philosophy. Now, obviously, you know, the, the human part of it, the human element is, hey, I've played three great games in a row. I've made plays. I feel it myself a little bit, you know, the young lady in the front row that wasn't noticing me and, uh, you, know, <laughs> you know, you know, look back and agree with my answers or whatever the case is. So, you know, that human element is always a part of it, but I, I think uh, when you have that mentality, we have that focus, everyone's aligned in that mission and, that, and, and the way you go about accomplishing that mission, I think that's where you kind of decrease those 
those roller coaster rides, you know what I mean, and, and playing more consistent football and just being consistent, you know, throughout everything we do. Michael, defensively, how impressed were you last week and even in weeks before with this team's ability to tackle in the open field? And do you think that ability, or at least their ability to do that, is the best skill this defense has? I would, yeah, I, I would agree. I, this is, man, I, I played, yeah, I was playing with Nebraska, but. Uh, this is definitely. I told my dad we were watching the game. This is one of the better tackling all-around defenses um, that, that that I've seen or, or played with in a while. You know, um, I was just looking at the numbers from last week. They had nine guys registered, you know, a part of or had a tackle for loss. You know, and that, that's that's just the swarm of their defense. I think they had at least twelve guys that had at least two or three tackles. Um, you know, the amount of people they're able to play within that scheme and the versatility. Um, and the different positions Coach White puts those guys in, but they're still able to make plays. That just goes to show you, obviously, there's some skill there, you know, within those guys. But like Coach Rule talked about with the fumble drills, I'm sure the defensive staff staff has, you know, put together a pretty elaborate plan on how to how to teach and coach tackling and leverage. That's one of the hardest things, I think, um, for people to understand, especially in a, a me, me, me world, right? You're not thinking that I'm one of 11. You're thinking I'm the only guy in the field to make the tackle, and i got to – you know, cut across the guy's face or, um, you know, lose my leverage because, you know, I'm not aware that there's someone else there to help me. Um, so I think that's just a testament of obviously the skill of the players, but also uh, the coaching staff, you know what I mean, putting those guys in the best position and coaching those tackling positions. You know, you can't just do, hey, line up and run at a 45-degree tackle. Hey, let's work on, you know, the middle field safety, get into the middle of the field now, breaking down out of, out of your tackle or out of your break and make the tackle on a, on a post, on a slant, you know, and, and putting those guys in those type of situations. That's what the great coaches do. So, I think they're doing a good job of that this showing. We're talking with Michael Rose, Ivy, former Husker. Uh, MRI, before we switch our focus to Michigan State here, uh, I wanted to just ask how impressed you've been with Prince Will as a true freshman coming on the way he has and being not only kind of a disruptive guy on that defense side of the ball, but seemingly having a really good grasp, if you l- listen to Tony White, just a really good grasp on the overall defensive concepts. Yeah, man, it's always impressive when a freshman can come in and, and do that. Obviously, you know, you know, where was he listed as a guy that probably make an impact in the offseason? You know, not many guys would probably guessed, you know, he would be able to make the impact he's had. But, you know, just to be able to do that, you know, I mean, the respect I bet he has of those older guys um, being able to come in, you always have that one freshman. You know what I mean? That's, I mean, yeah, he's ahead of, head of the head of the curve. It was kind of like Malik Collins for us mm. um, when, we came, when he came in. Like, he was – he was probably the most focused, driven. Like, hey, I'm going to be here for. He said, I'm going to be here for three years. I'm getting out, take care of my family, and get into the league. And you see where he's at. And it's kind of, kind of that same mentality you kind of see with him. You know, he's hungry. He wants to play. He wants to learn. And he's a guy I'm pretty sure is probably always in the coach's office. You know, trying to get better, trying to get that extra rep. Um, and it's showing. You know, what I mean, and I think that's just the development that, uh, again, is a testament to uh, you know the coaches. Um, and and how they're developing everyone. Everyone is a part of that development, not just the eleven guys that are starting, but everyone's a part of it. Hey, when it's your time to step up and make a play or play within your role, be ready to go. So, yeah, I think he's doing a great job. He's going to continue doing it. MRI, is there anyone on this team you'd like to see more involved in the offense this week, whether it's a young player getting his reps or someone that just hasn't gotten the ball much this year? Um, Not really. I thought the way they spread the ball for the most part last game was was fairly decent. I mean, obviously Harbaugh didn't throw the ball much, um, but obviously, I mean, the big play, the big playability of Fleece. You know, what I mean, that's that's something that pops out. You would like to see more of. 
Um, you know, Malachi Coleman, again, the, the big body target. Um, you know, I, was, I mean, from Kansas City, Jaden Doss, you know, you like to see him get get in the action a little bit more. Uh, but I think I think time the time for those guys will be in the future really to get that chemistry and get that um, that feel of what they really need to do in the offense to be those breakaway guys. But you know, like I said, I, I think for what they're doing right now, you know, Emma Johnson, Johnson had a great you know great performance in, in the role he had in the limited carries, you know, um, and still making some you know some big time car- uh, runs for him. So um, not not really anybody I would say I would want more breaking out. I think just more balance. Obviously, it's just the turnovers. I mean, that's the biggest thing. It's really not even about the players, right? As far as um, you know, making those big plays or getting getting a bigger bigger roller and like that, just taking care of the football. And I think you get more opportunity to get those guys the ball and, and run the ball a little bit better and uh, be able to find some openings and play action fast situations. Michael uh, is you know I know the coaching staff has talked about this week. Well, maybe this Michigan State team is a lot better than we think they are. You know, trying to say hey, maybe they're closer to six and two than two and six. I'm not necessarily buying that part of it, although maybe they should have won a, a game or two more than they have. Have you seen anything from this Michigan State team that you think could give Nebraska problems tomorrow, or is it more those things you talked about of making sure they play clean football, and if Nebraska does that, then they'll be okay? I think playing clean football definitely is a big part of it, but you know, just looking at Michigan State from a glance, uh, you know, they have, they have a six-ranked, uh, straight the schedule um, in the country. Um, that, like Coach Rue, I think pointed out, you know, in Rutgers, Minnesota, Iowa, you know, they were some, they were some pretty good positions to be able to win those ball games. We seen in the third, third quarter still being in those ball games. Um, they've been in some some tough matchups. Um, you know, obviously they've been blown out a couple of times, but they've been in some pretty close games. Teams that, you know, obviously Minnesota, uh, you know, Nebraska lost to. You know, they were playing them tough for a little bit. You know, haven't played Iowa yet. They, um, and also Rutgers, so I think um, there is there is some some spark that could be there for these guys. Obviously, they don't have anything to lose. You know, they obviously understand the turmoil they've had kind of off the field with with Coach Tucker and kind of how that situation played out. You know, they've lost quite a few transfers. They have some quite a bit of injuries, uh, especially some key spots. Um, but I, again, I think it's just Coach Rule trying to keep his guys on the edge. Um, but but I do think we're going on the road. It's senior it's senior day for those guys. Um, it hasn't been the greatest, you know, maybe maybe experience they probably thought they would with all kind of the hype that came with Coach Tucker going to Michigan State. Um, so I, I, I can see, I can see a, you know, an injured dog, you know, in the corner type of mentality from Michigan State that I think Coach Rule is kind of preparing his guys for. Um, you know, I, I think as far as what they have, a quarterback is a pretty young freshman that, uh, you know, I think it's going to have some good, good upside uh, and, and a lot of people are thinking he's not even going to stay there after this year, due to all the all the stuff that, that's going on. Kid from California, uh, I think Hauser is his name, but um, I, I think I think it's going to be a closer game than maybe where a lot of Nebraska fans would like. Um, just being on the road and it being a senior night, and like I said, them kind of having their back there at the wall, nothing nothing to lose. So look for special teams to be a big part of that. They struggled really bad there. Um, and actually, I just looking up that their special teams coordinator is uh, Ross Hales, who's my linebacker coach. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Small uh, world. That's a small, yeah, small world. Seeing that, so um, see if Nebraska take advantage of their special teams and you know the get, get something going on you know the punt punt return unit. So I think it'll be a pretty decently closed game. I think Nebraska still can win by you know eight ten, but I think it's going to be a closed game. It's going to be a, it's going to be one of those Big Ten type of battles. All right, MRI, we'll get you out of here on this. You kind of gave a little tease of a prediction. Let's get one from you. You think Nebraska wins, loses? Give, give us a ballpark here. 
Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a 20, 24, 24-16 type of game. You know, like I said, I, I think the running back, like Coach Rule was talking about uh, earlier this week, I think the running back's pre- pretty pretty decent. I, I think um, the O-line, like I said, has some injuries. They, they struggle, but they have some very unique run, run schemes, so I'll be interested to see how – you know, Nebraska fits that up with the tight end movement and the guard movement. But, like I said, I think 24-16 Nebraska wins. Um, you know, hopefully they play a clean football game. Special teams, um, you know, continues to be a big, bigger impact than just flipping the field position. Um, and, again, they get, they get another win and, and keep this thing rolling. Michael Rose, Ivy, former Husker. MRI, we appreciate your time as always. We'll talk to you again next week. No problem at all. Go Big Red. Hey, thanks, man. That's right. Go Big Red. We'd love to hear from our guy, MRI. Uh, in that situation, um, you know, you mentioned to Michael that 2024 schedule mm-hmm. that came out yesterday. And if you hadn't seen it yet, I would encourage you to go look it up. I'm, I mean, we'll go through it a little bit here, but man, you mentioned the opportunity next year for Nebraska. There's a they big one. Start four straight home games UTEP, Colorado, Northern Iowa, Illinois. Then they go on the road at Purdue. Again, probably one of the easier home games, not just because of opponent, but Purdue's not a particularly mm-hmm. hostile environment. Easier road game, right? you mean, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty yep. easier road game. It's not a particularly hostile environment. It's, you know, you would think in year two under Ryan Walters they'll be better, but probably not all the way up going yet. Um, then they have Rutgers at home, which low-key could be pretty challenging. That Rutgers Based is, on how they're playing this year. Yeah, and Shiano knows what he's doing. Like, mm-hmm. however you feel about he's that guy, he's a good football coach. Um, but that's a winnable game. That's not a mm-hmm. juggernaut team. And then you're at Indiana. Again, probably one of the other easier road games mm-hmm. you can have in conference. It's the first seven games. Those are your first seven games. Only two on the road that are very manageable road games. The rest are at home and not a juggernaut to be found in the first seven games of the season. Like six and one, seven and zero oh is very much on the table. It's reasonable, y- yeah. And maybe I, you know, I don't, I'm not at a point where with Nebraska I can expect that. I mean, depending on how the rest of the year finishes out, maybe because if Nebraska either wins out or goes eight and four and only went, loses one on the way mm-hmm. out, like maybe I will feel different and be like, yeah, maybe they should go seven and zero oh to start, but. There's an opportunity on the table for them before. And, and listen, the last five weeks is a juggernaut. It mm-hmm. goes at Ohio State, UCLA, by at USC, Wisconsin, at Iowa. That's going to be really, really interesting. Now, the Iowa one does give me a second of pause because I'm still not convinced Kirk Ferentz is going to be here next year. See, he said uh, yesterday or the day before that he, he sees planned himself on it. coaching, but it's not up to him if he sees himself coaching. Well, and he also kind of said it in that way of – you know, my plan is to, and you know how a lot of coaches, when they're trying to leave themselves some wiggle room and leave themselves an out, mm-hmm. kind of phrase things in a certain sure, way. Sure, He did phrase it in that way. I'm not convinced that that was as definitive of a statement of him returning as some people thought it was. Um, but either way, you've got seven games that are very winnable. Then you've got a five-game stretch that's really challenging, but I think you'll find out who you are as a football team. My, I, I look at it this way, okay? UCLA and Wisconsin are, are at home. You got to win the home games. Mm-hmm. And then if you win one more, that's very reasonably, plausibly, possibly. Are you talking about 10 wins? A 10 win season. <laughs> I am talking about 10 I don't know wins. if 10 wins is, is there yet, but I will say this, and, and MRI alluded to it. 
the carryover effect that this season mm-hmm. will have to next season will be huge because I talked about that last season into this season. When Nebraska beat Iowa to close the year, that was a huge confidence-building win for this program, mm-hmm. not just for the team, for the program, because it reminded these guys that, hey, we can still beat the best of the best on our schedule. And Iowa was a, a decent team last yeah, year. Yeah. Like, let's, let's not – Let's not think just because they had a bad offense that they weren't still a really good defense and had, and had a good special teams unit last year. Like, that's what they had. Like, mm-hmm. this year I think they're more down than they are from last year. So having and they're that, still 6-2. and two. Right. I mean, and yeah. So having that confidence-building win coming into the season with a new coaching staff and now finding ways to win this year when it isn't the prettiest, you've won five of your last six, they're slowly gaining momentum up into – next season up into the new Big Ten Mm -hmm. with the big juggernauts from the Pac-12 invading and joining to see what the Big Ten can ultimately produce for years and years to come. But it's it's that step stool, right? You go up one stair. Now you go up another stair. Now you go up another stair. You're going to also find that that ripple effect is going to pay dividends in recruiting. Oh, absolutely. When you see a team – overcome adversity like they did last year when they went through a coaching change when they uh, won that game against Iowa to close it off and then this year how not only did they come together mm-hmm. but form a fa- like they they built a foundation faster than I think people expected them to absolutely and now they're in position to compete for a bowl game maybe the big 10 And now what you get out of that is, oh, well, one of the best players in the state recently committed just a week ago. You have a ton of other in-state guys that are going to the school now. You have the the number one tight end prospect or or close to it in in Carter Nelson that said, no, I'm going to stay home instead Mm -hmm. of going to the big school. You have a ton of these guys that are like, no, I want to play for Nebraska. Why? Well, it's not just because they – they buy into Coach Rule's vision. No, they see the program winning. They see the program thriving and succeeding. And then they see a schedule like this, and they're like, I can play UCLA, Ohio State, and USC in the same season. I want to do that. In four weeks. (laughs) I want to do that. (laughs) And so you're not just going to get that from in-state kids who grew up loving this program you're going to get that all over the place Mm -hmm. you're going to get that down in texas where they have great relationships you're going to get that up in the northeast ravi you may get a quarterback out of the portal Mm -hmm. that or or you may flip a, a recruitment of a quarterback because of where nebraska finishes this year yeah I'm not saying they get Lincoln Kleinholz or Kleinholz, I can't remember his last name, uh, who's, who's committed to Ohio State. I'm not saying Dylan Mariola is going to decommit from Georgia to right. come to Nebraska. But what I am saying is there is high potential to get somebody to do that mm-hmm. because they see an opening at Nebraska of, hey, I don't think they're fully bought in to their quarterback. Now, I'm not also pushing out Harburg either just yet to pump the brakes, people. I'm just hypothetically speaking here. You're going to find out, though, that you're going to get top-tier recruits coming into this program that want to play here under Coach Rule because of the early success they're seeing. Well, last thing here on the 2024 schedule, that November 16th game at USC. Early hot take here. No Caleb Williams. And Nebraska is the style of team, at least right now, that has given USC problems. Giving them fits. That, to me, is a game I look at and go, 
They might be doesn't able to use, steal that doesn't one. Doesn't USC, though, have a five-star in the wing? There's always a five-star in the wing. You can't tell me Caleb Williams is the second coming of Patrick Mahomes and tell me he's easily replaceable. Like, it can't be both. Coming up next, we've got a little bit more. I want to talk about our keys to the game for Nebraska this week here on Herd Sports Radio.